Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome. You're listening to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we are bringing you today an episode on toxic people. Started in high school. Set very dramatically <laughs> back. <laughs> Ba-boom. <laughs> I know. I know. Toxic people kind of makes me think of Lindsay Lohan movies and high school cliques and stuff, but toxic people can be your family members. They can be your love, your, the people that you're married to. Sometimes they can be. They can be the relationships that you're in. They can be brothers or sisters or in-laws. They might be your twin. They might be the neighbors who would throw garbage over the back fence. It can be politicians making toxic decisions for the greater good. Um, Jane. Toxic people, in fact, in a way, it's probably a bit of a harsh title because there's so much that we can learn from the people that press our buttons. So I do think that we need to really explore what is toxic, what is a toxic friend? What we mean by toxic. And what is a friend that perhaps no longer should be a friend? Yeah. How to remove that friend? Or what is a friend who is appearing toxic to you but maybe is there to teach you something important and valuable about yourself. Yes. Well, they all are, of course. They're just highly annoying. Yes, I know. <laughs> and really hard to live with, especially when they are born into your family. Like if it is actually, you know, someone your brother married or, or someone you always have to see at birthday and Christmas who creates a lot of strife or drama like these, the, you know, or it might be the boss at work. You know, these, these toxic people can often have very, very difficult personalities to have to be around. They can really make trouble for people. I mean, we can, you know, further down the scale, it might just be something like they're just a little bit annoying or they have a bit of drama in their lives and higher up the scale they can be bullying. You know, there might be financial abuse going on them or other forms of abuse. There might be all sorts of vindictive manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Look, I think one of the things that most people probably experience first and identify with toxic friends is the person that has actually been a really good friend to them, somebody that they really are emotionally connected to, who suddenly, whether it's sudden or whether it's over a period of time, just no longer makes you feel good to be around anymore. Where you find yourself, you know, if you've gone out for a night with them and you're waking up the next morning and you're tossing and turning and thinking, I don't like the way that I behaved when I was with that person or I don't like the way that I felt about myself. And often it can be the friend that's very passive-aggressive in how they behave with you. And one of the easiest ways to try and overcome this kind of situation is to try to not take things personally. Look at what's going on in their life, if you know what's going on in their life, or consider are they going through a lot of stuff that they feel they need to subtly put you down or undermine undermine your sense of achievement to make themselves feel better about themselves? And see, it can be like Jane sort of touched on there, a very slow process where you might just start noticing it once or twice and the little voice in your head will go, oh, but it's so-and-so, I've known her for 10 years or, oh, but we've had so much history together, I, you know, but actually what it's starting to lead to, and I've noticed this myself because I've had to, as I call it, break up with a couple of girlfriends and even a hairdresser. You do call it break up when you share with me, I've broken yeah. up with someone uh, and it's quite cute or, that you say that. I'm in the process of breaking is. up with someone. It is a relationship like any other relationship. Oh, some breakups take up to six months because if it is a friend that you've let in a lot, like a lot of email, a lot of correspondence, a lot of coffee dates, a lot of we've shared children or whatever, it, you don't and you don't just dump shared them. Shared private stories, yeah, the vulnerability of, of they that. know a lot about they me. They do, they do. Um, 
there, and you know, and especially if there's a lot of mutual friends involved, what look like, it's, it's a bit like a marriage. It can be yeah. really sticky when these things, when you suddenly decide that you'd like to bring things to an end and they may be completely un, unaware that you've reached that decision. So it's something that you don't just go cold turkey at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. You do need to just sort of begin to back off and withdraw. It's an energy, not game, but it's about learning to play with the energy, reinstate different boundaries between you and the people that you wish to distance yourself from. I went through this um, probably about 10 years ago and it was around a time that I found that I was doing a lot of self-development and I was really I was really working hard on loving myself, which I hope everybody heard our episode a couple of weeks about how to love how, how to love yourself more. And as I was going through this, I was changing and I was gaining greater boundaries in how I wish to be treated, how I wanted to feel with the people that I was around. And as I started to realize that some people really just weren't good for me. Now, they weren't bad people. They weren't people that you'd say, oh, you can't be friends with them. They're such and such and such and such. They were good people. They just no longer were my type of people. And so I very gradually just started to distance the time between catch-ups. So if I used to see them two or three times a week, I dropped it back to once or twice a week and then it became sort of once a fortnight, once a month, and it probably took a couple of years before suddenly nobody was phoning each other. And actually at one point I often have done this where I've gone, I felt like maybe the friendship has been one-sided where I've initiated a lot of it and so I got to a point where I would go, well, I've invited them around the last three times. I'll let it go and see how long it takes till I hear. And then you realize, oh, my God, it's been five years. Mm -hmm. And so that's just letting it go naturally. There's no animosity. There's no um, nasty words said about somebody that labeling them as something, as a toxic friend. They're not toxic. They just are not right for me and they're not serving me how I wish to be at the moment. My husband and I have a bit of a giggle because we know someone and we, we call it the one in ten rule. And it's one of those people that comes at you all the time on text, on phone, on Facebook message, on this, on that. And so if you answer about one in 10 of those, like that's about the right formula to start. You don't have to respond <laughs> every single time somebody pings you up. Like you just don't have to oh. give them your time of day. You know, some people, it's okay not to answer the phone when it rings. Some people just can't not do that. I they just know. have to. I'm a very happy to let the phone ring and ring and ring till it bloody curls up and dies. <laughs> I think it's funny that we have answering machines, but we also have call waiting. Mm. So people will screen all their calls with answering machines but they'll if they're on the phone too it's like hang on I'm just going to get this other call but they don't know who it is <laughs> um, we digress now we digress. with the the distancing stuff see with someone that I've tried to distance from you know there did come an email where she did actually want to know um what was going on and that place has placed me in an interesting sort of spiritual and ethical place because it's not right for me to lie and, you know, and in this situation, you, you do tend to want to just say something like a white lie or just, oh, I've just been really busy. Or, but you know what? That's not actually going to help the situation. Yeah. That's not giving them a boundary. So I tried to find a, just the right line to walk between truth and not completely stamping all over her feelings, um, which, you know, was a difficult email to compose and probably took me three or four days of procrastination before I sat down and finally figured out how to write it. But I would really urge you that it's important to speak a little bit of your truth when you are backing off because people will kind of want to know, just the same as if it's a relationship, they they do sort of deserve to know a little bit that, that it is an ending. Otherwise, they won't get it and they will pest you forever, pest you forever. Particularly I'm, women because women want closure. Yes, yes. You know, men don't do closure but women will do closure. 
Now, I really highly acknowledge that what we're talking about here are the kinds of people that you can let go. But what do you do if it is that family member that you, you have to see every time you drop around mum's house, there she is or there he is? What do you do? Yeah, you've got to learn to not have your buttons pressed. So a few quick tools. I can find something beautiful and nice to say about every single person I've ever met. So in this situation, I'd get out the pen and paper and I'd be writing a list of all the beautiful qualities about that person. And then just before I go to see them, I'm reading that list and reminding myself of their beautiful worth. I also keep the time limit to a minimum because I know that if um, if I'm with them for too long a period, the conversations are likely to turn to topics that we just know we're not compatible on or I'm aware of or that I've got uh, buttons being pressed that I don't want to have pressed. So I keep the time limits minimum. I also make sure that, uh, you know, there's not alcohol drunk because if you do drink wine, most people who drink wine will know that, or, or alcohol, will know that that does lower your resilience. And so that's often when arguments or inappropriate behavior occurs. Um, I try to make sure that I stay on topics that I know are going to be easy for them. So it's a bit of people pleasing, but it's actually survival of me of, you know, I've got to be in this arena. Um, there are family members that I care about deeply. I don't want to make the drama. And I haven't always been like this, I've got to say. But I don't, was don't always go the one causing the drama in my family. the cage and pushing the buttons, yeah, just don't go there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about having healthy boundaries and knowing what you can manage and what you can't manage. Knowing how to change a, 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 change a topic easily. You know, practice it. Practice the conversations that you know are going to work with that person. And maybe even practice saying something along the lines of, you know, I, I get that's your opinion and you know I've got a different opinion. It doesn't mean I don't love you. We shouldn't talk about this. Yeah. You know, I've also known, I know a friend of mine has, has sort of divorced herself from her family. She's, she has made decisions to spend certain Christmases and birthdays just with her little family, her children, whatever, and not her mum or her dad, you know, because they're that toxic. And, right. and, you know, that can be pretty messy, especially if there's other siblings involved, aunties and uncles, cousins and all, you know, larger family groups and everyone's got an opinion and everyone's, why are you doing this to mum and Rara? Like, I, I get all of that and it can, take a lot of firm resolve and a lot of courage to have to live that kind of truth if you really feel that you need to step away from a particularly toxic bunch of people that you're very close to or blood connected to. But it's something that sometimes does need to be done for self-protection. It really does. Um, the second thing I'm going to ask, and maybe, Jane, you can provide some more tools for this, is what happens if someone you love very dearly and very closely is involved with a toxic person? Say, you know, your brother or sister has married someone that you're worried is very abusive or, or a girlfriend is, is really, you know, in, entangled with another. So do you mean where you're then forced to have to be spend time with them or where you're wanting to rescue? I reckon both. Okay, all right. Both. If you're forced to have to be with them, again, you've got to grow empathy. You know, I want to say, where's, I want to say, where's your compassion? You know, we've got to get more compassionate and understand that all bad behavior stems from a lack of love, bar none. So if somebody is really toxic and behaving badly, soften them with kindness, with love. I have a client who I call her the ice maiden. In fact, I've got quite, I had a few in the past, not so many now. I wrote a whole chapter on this in my book, the ice maiden, over 50 and brittle. And so I was ready for her at every event because she would turn up and she was toxic, acid-tunned, opinionated, judgmental, you know, the sort that's very, very hard and Barbs, brittle and, yeah. you know, they really are, they really are brittle. Yeah. Very brittle. Layers of cement around them. Yep. 
And yet she was an attractive woman, although because of her behavior, her appearance quickly deteriorated in her presence. Um, I was ready for her every time that she walked into an event. With warmth, with kindness, I instantly found something good to compliment her about. Now, this is something I am good at. I can, and I've trained myself, and I think anyone can do this. Train yourself to sit and people watch and find something nice to say in observation of every person that's walking past. Oh, wow, they look really kind, or that is the hottest pair of boots I've seen in years, or whatever. Just see, just practice finding something positive mm. so that you can call on this skill and use it really super fast. And I would compliment her, but genuinely, I wanted her to soften. I know that beneath her exterior is a very gentle, warm, compassionate, giving, loving woman who's been broken, yeah. who's been hurt once or 20 times too often. And so she has come up with this exterior with this harsh behavior to protect herself but I know that that beautiful person is within so I'm talking to that person or if you want to think of it as the higher self I'm my higher self is going to have a conversation with her higher self and we're not going to have two inner chi- inner child you know child inner children you know the inner child in each of us we're not going to have a conversation between the two of us yeah we're going to have higher self to higher self so in walks this lady and I compliment her on something that she's wearing. I just say, you know, I'm so pleased that you're here. Now I'm really relying on you. There's some beautiful members for you to meet. Some of them are new. And I know you've been so well experienced at being warm and engaging and making people feel welcome. So I hope you've got your best personality with you today and I hope you're ready to really share that. Take her off guard. And the shoulders go back. The chin goes up. Her whole posture changes. And she looks like the beautiful woman that she is. Now, realistically because she's not done the work to really heal her past that band-aid is only going to last for half an hour or maybe an hour but hey i just got half an hour an hour of really good behavior of someone being happy out of her so you can do the same tool with the toxic partner of your brother or whoever we're talking about here so it is about smother them in kindness yeah jane i remember reading a story just on that note similar about an American man and his wife who, who had a babysitter who'd always come over who was with the same very scowly, very ice cream. Don't ask me why you'd have this person to look after your children. But anyway, uh, she was just really impenetrable and, you know, barbs and, yeah. And so prickly, yeah. He one night out of absolutely out of the blue gave her one of those very warm types of compliments that you're describing and he just turned around and said something like, you know, you make it so easy for my wife and I to, you know, be able to do what we need and we the children always look forward to you coming and rah, rah, rah. And she just basically stood there like a stunned mullet and didn't respond and then they went off to their evening. And then later she came up to him and she said, nobody has ever said anything like that to me in my life. That is interesting you said that because in my book I actually write I suspect that this lady has never been mm. spoken to like that yeah. in her life. And they actually start, this woman started to warm and thaw out and change. So Because they start to feel safe. Long-term healing And when can you happen. feel safe with somebody, you yeah. can be yourself. Yeah. Now, the challenge comes in when we then say, but it's not right because, you know, she said some really mean things about me and that's not fair and I want to defend myself and who is she to be saying these things about me and doing this and she's done that to my brother and rah, 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 rah. So we become, you know, the what's right police. And being self-righteous is not going to work in this situation. The only way to turn bad behavior to positive behavior is with love and kindness. It's like you actually have to take the higher road and be the higher spiritual person. And I realize that that is really, really hard. When people are toxic, they can often do very damaging and hurtful things to people. They can really sabotage and screw people over. And it's, you know, 
that's where we, we do really need to be more spiritual and we need to take almost fly up to bird's eye view and look down at all of us on earth playing out this big game, enacting this big game of souls and just remembering at a high level we all put up our hands to come down and play out certain dynamics so that we could all take home, back home at the end of it all, certain gifts and soul growth. And while often it's insufferable to have to go through, and it still might make you absolutely hate them, um, just to have a little bit of that, just try not to be so judgmental and so rigid and so he said, he said, she said, he said, she said. Like just That's such lower vibrational game playing because the minute you're at that level, you're at their level and you're letting you're mirroring. them. Exactly. Yeah, you're mirroring their behavior. You're just getting into this really playground stuff that just is such a stalemate. And so, you know, and, I, and I, again, I get the sort of the self-righteous sort of indignant, well, why should I let her get away with that when she da 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 and really, this is when it comes back to you because, as you know, the ascended masters would talk about, like Buddha would say, if, if a man comes up to me in a village very, very, very angry and I don't respond, I don't take on his anger. He's left powerless. I render him powerless because I refuse to accept the anger that he's showering upon me. It's, he's, you know, he's left alone with his own anger. And that's such a very powerful thing to do. So if somebody's bumbling around in your life causing all this toxic drama, if you can really hold your own energy amongst that and not be swayed by it and, you know, sucked into it and, and toxified from it, um, you know, you've actually kind of won. You have. That's it. Not only you've, – you've won on so many levels. First off, you've won yourself because you've not gone into that angry, horrible, resentful, bad vibration that gives you pain in your gut and, and a headache. You know, you've not done that to yourself, first off. And secondly – you've actually provided a role model for what they would like to be. So one of two things will then happen is that if you're not reacting and you're just consistently being kind and loving and gentle with this person and compassionate, empathetic, they're going to actually sidle up next to you and say, you know, how do you get to be so happy? How do you get to be so peaceful? And suddenly you've got a change in the relationship and they're looking at you to teach them and help them. Or, if they're really attached to their negative energy, they'll go off and find somebody else to pick on because you're not, they're not getting your reaction and they want the reaction. That, that is their fuel. That's what grows them. That's what gets them out of bed in the morning. Who can I pick on and fire up today? Do you know, I did a blog post on toxic people for, an, for another website and the comments underneath went on and on and on and on and on. And it actually was quite divisive. People got really rolled up about this. And, you know, a lot of them were on my side or our side, Jane. Uh, and then there were ones who would, who would say kind of bizarre comments like, um, you just can't go around dumping everyone that you think's toxic. You know, you, you know, you just can't treat people like that in life. And, you know, where would they be if they, if everyone dumps them, they'll have no friends left. And I'm thinking, no, darling, like Jane just said, toxic people always have friends left because it's part of their, as Jane just described, like their addiction and their passion. It's their food. They'll go find some more. Trust me, they'll go find someone to feed on. Absolutely. You don't, don't or, worry about the toxic. If they do find that they wake up one day and go, you know what, I don't have anyone in my life, that can be the very aha moment for them to change, for them to become a happier might, person. Might be just something they need. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is interesting and, and it is a commitment. But what I find the biggest tool or tip I'll give is keep your time frame really minimal. You know, I can't hold that up for hours and hours with toxic no. people. Like I can float in, like I'll go to, if there's a, 
let's say there's a party of a particular group of people. I know there's going to be a toxic person or two there that I really don't want to spend much time with. I'm going to limit it. I'm going to do two hours and that's it. And I'm out of there. I'm in, have a great time and I'm out. I'm done. So it's my boundaries that I know how to manage me. Likewise, we see a lot of this on Facebook, a lot of passive aggressive behavior going on on Facebook with toxic friends that will um, share one thing and then you have a difference of opinion and then next thing you know they're putting up these wisdom posts to have a passive dig at you about have you experienced anything like that see or heard of this Jane, it's quite funny i had to it's take quite interesting no yes i don't because i have unfollowed every single person of every single friend i have on facebook bar about nine who i love and i and i made the decision to do that ages ago um and it's almost the same on twitter i actually defriended this sounds so quite like high school doesn't it i defriended someone um that i've known since 2001 a few months ago because I was really sick of what she was posting and just the negativity of it and the way that it really clashed with my own belief system. Now, some people might say, well, you're boxing, you're putting yourself in a bubble and, you know, you're just shutting out the world. But I'm like, no, I'm protecting my energy space, actually. No, I love that you do that. I think that's fantastic. Fantastic. We actually touched on this, uh, I think, in another podcast too. And I think it's a really and important thing to do. You promise you're going to sit down with me and show me on yeah. the news feed how to select, like... Without defriending them, but how to not have their stuff in my feed. Yeah, you hide their feed. Yeah, yeah, I've got to work that out. Jane didn't know this, but this is the single most important tool. You don't need to defriend everyone. Because Facebook can be a fantastic business tool. You want to have a lot of people involved with your networks and your tribes and your pages and whatever, but you don't need to see what's going on in all of their heads. God, no. I like it. it. Yes. (laughs) But you know, you just stay consistent. So if you get the dig on Facebook that you think might be, you've made an assumption and you think it might be at you, don't react, okay? And this is the thing with all electronic oh. media. Don't react, okay? You've got 24 hours before anything gets posted. And if you do, again, smother them with kindness. You know, it's very, very difficult to feel really badly about somebody that is consistently kind to you. Yeah. And I'm talking genuine. I'm not talking fake. Genuine. Yeah. So you've got to get into the higher self of the other person. Get those positive attributes about that person down on paper, continually remind yourself about them and just talk to that person only. And that that don't react message is so huge because that's basically the number one piece of advice that professionals give to anyone who's being bullied. And they say, because the bullies are the toxics, it's not toxic people obviously, the number one thing they're looking for is obviously a reaction. So if you can be neutral, if you can walk away, if you can turn your back, if you can hold yourself back from responding, if you can literally just say nothing, you really do still hold power back to the Buddha stuff. It's actually the best possible way to own your own energy and give them nothing to work with. You know, it's just reminded myself then of a situation of uh, a woman that um, I was kind of forced to spend time with through my children's school, with the parents of the school. And I just knew that I pressed buttons in her and that she really didn't want to be around me. And I thought, you know what, that's okay, that's fine, but we're forced together, so I'm going to smother you in kindness. And I remember this was a long time ago, loads of years ago, and I did a bit of an experiment thinking, how long is it going to take me to soften her? So it was a game. It was a really fun game. Jane is so cheeky. And so I chose this particular uh, afternoon that I knew we were going to be together for a couple of hours at a sporting event to speak to our higher self. And I just spoke from kindness and lovely things. It was just everyday chit-chat. And she softened within 30 minutes. I was thinking this might take, you know, two months, three months. Jane, just explain to people what you mean. You're not sitting there with your mouth, like, speaking out loud. You're actually 
No, 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 I was speaking. I had a conversation with her. Okay, so you're talking to her face to face, but pretending you're talking to her higher self, not, yes, not the person yes. in front of you. Yeah. So I'm talking to this beautiful woman, and we're talking about we're watching the sports game, and we're commenting on the sports. I'm finding lovely things to say about everything. You know, so I'm talking about, don't your children look beautiful in their uniforms? They're so smart. And, and I'm talking about the great comradeship and beautiful sportsmanship that I would see. And, and I'd find something, you know, she'd talk about what she did. I asked her, what did you do last night? And I found nice things to say about that. And I just consistently kept it kind and nice. Yeah. There was nothing that she, nothing opinionated, nothing out there, no teachings. It was just... This Kindness. podcast should be renamed Becoming a Master of Your Own Energy because that's a lot of what this is all about. And two things that I do as well in my life to just get on with my life, stay focused, stay on purpose and not be distracted by all of the gunk that's around is first one is um, I've just lost it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Hang on a minute. Now, here it is. Okay. So the first one is that I'd say to the universe very deliberately and very clearly and very often that I just don't attract that kind of thing in. I just, it's not my story. It's not, I don't, I don't attract people with drama. I don't work with people who have dramas. I don't associate with people who have dramas. I don't engage with people. And when I do come across someone, if it's a family member who I don't see often or, you know, an old friend pops up or somebody's boyfriend or whatever it is, and they're really being quite insufferable, I'll basically just put myself into a slightly different universe and look and stare, stare across the divide over at them and think, we're actually operating in different dimensions and I can just be okay with that. Like as in we're not even speaking the same language. Because I'm going to warn you, darling, you're going to have a lot more of that going on <laughs> as your children get older and you're forced to be with oh, groups that you maybe can't quite so hand-select as you. you. You live in a beautiful world, which I love. It's 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 got great healthy boundaries. But, you know, there are times that we are forced and it can be in the workforce. Yeah. It's big in the workforce yeah. as well. And. So we have to really learn to try and master some of these tools for our own happiness. And that's why I touched on, you know, 15 minutes ago, what do you do if somebody that you love is entangled with a toxic person? Because you want to rush in and save them. You want to do it for them. You want them to see. You want them to wake up. You want them to stand up to the person. And, you know, you just got to remember they're on their own journey. And I know it can be very hurtful to watch, you know, mm -hmm. if it's someone that you love who might be being a bit tortured or abused by someone who's a bit terrible in their life. But apart from offering them advice, you know, when and if they ask for it and not overstepping that boundary either because people, you've got to really know when it comes to helping and giving advice, people will only respond when they're ready to hear it and, and when they ask for it. If you try and give too much, you know, when it's not asked for or when it's not appropriate, it's a waste of energy for both parties. It really it's is. It's interesting, isn't it, because I know that I've had friends that have uh, stepped away from In fact, there's one at the moment. I can always tell when somebody's relationship is in trouble and then not wanting help yeah they've actually decided it's done and dusted and they're going through the motions yeah and it will often take six months 12 months whatever i won't hear from them in that period <laughs> because they know that's my game that's <laughs> helping people to get on the same page is my game yeah and so i respect that like if they just start to disappear i let it go i don't project my energy to reconnect with them because i recognize they need to be out of my world at the moment because they've got their journey and they're making their decisions and yeah. they don't want to feel like i'm going to be perhaps wanting to persuade them to be going a different path to what they've chosen. So it is about respect, compassion, compassion and empathy. It is. And it's also about speaking your truth and saying no. And Jane and I did an episode like way back when we first began one of the first few, which was really about you know how women are often people pleasers and the, the saying no thing. And yeah, how to say no. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, again, like I touched on earlier with, with some of these toxic people, it's very important that you do put those 
quite physical boundaries up as well as the energetic boundaries because they actually need to hear the truth or the no sometimes to actually back off and leave you alone. So it might be very hard for you to get that no out of your mouth. No, I won't socialize with you on Sunday even though that you've always done it or no, I you know, don't accept this invitation or I'm not available. And there may be a lesson in that for you if you're finding it tricky. That's true. It is important to say no, though. And you have to really, you know, so we, there's so many different types of toxic friends. And we've, we've talked about the passive aggressive. We've talked about the more gentle ones or the ones that press your buttons. But then you've really got to look after yourself. And sometimes you've got to really step up and match their energy in firmness. Sometimes kindness isn't going to cut it. And you actually really need to be putting up the brick wall that says, you're not getting through to me any longer. Yeah. And, you know, I've certainly had to do that. Now, that's my last resort. I can do it. I don't enjoy doing it, but when it's done, it's done because it has to be done. And that is about actually loving myself and knowing what is right for me and making sure that the people that I let into my world respect who I am and how I wish to feel and how I wish to be treated. And they either do or they don't. It's the one, the one thing that as a younger woman that I really had to learn when I was off in my early twenties and working in big corporate companies and was being bullied there and so forth. And very, very scared. But, you know, it kind of comes down to, well, what's really the worst thing that person could do to you? I guess at the time I would have said fire me and, you know, I would have picked up shit quick without a paddle. But, but you know, when it all comes down to it, I think that really strong, toxic or bully type people actually respond quite well when you actually stand up to them. In a funny way, they respect. They do. They do respect it, yes. It's it's the weaklings that they don't like, and that's why they keep almost torturing you for it, for being such a pushover. It almost maddens them further. Yes. Now, you just remind me what's the worst thing that can happen. One of the fears that a lot of people have is if I stand up to this person and they're in my friendship group, they're going to actually take all of my friends away from me because they are a powerful, dynamic character. Yeah. The chances are they're not. And Most people form their own opinions. And if they do, some friends. Well, yeah, that's right. Yes, and if they do, then let me know and come and join my club and make lots of new friends. <laughs> come have a coffee with me and Jane. <laughs> okay, look, we've loved talking about – well, we haven't loved talking about toxic people, but we, we've loved giving you tools to deal with the toxic people in, in your life, and, and I sincerely hope that nobody listening is a toxic person, and if you are <laughs> – can own up that I've been that toxic person. Send We've been all some things. Love and kindness, yes, Jane. Bit of love and kindness. Okay, now remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. So you can provide it in any number of ways, but the best is to go to our website at thewellnesscouch.com slash love hyphen love. And if you've liked this episode, then please do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com. Net will be back on the couch again next Wednesday for free every Wednesday with half an hour of love life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a fabulous week. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.